Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! It's the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Along with my co-host for the 5 o'clock hour today, he is the publisher, the editor, a writer. And, and tech support. <laughs> tech support. A podcaster. A live Monday YouTube show at 7 o'clock, all on one little note card. All that information, he's Eric Hansen. Good to see you. Happy New Year, I guess. Can we still say that? I think, I think the enthusiasm. Until, I think we can say it until Groundhog Day. I think Larry David says yesterday was the last day you can officially say it. Because his world's a little different than everybody okay. else. <laughs> Well, folks, good to have you on board on this Wednesday, January the 3rd of 2024. Yesterday was the 35-year anniversary of Notre Dame beating West Virginia in the Fiesta Bowl to win a national championship. And Irish fans are still waiting for that next one. While the two teams playing for the national championship on Monday, they have not had to wait as long. Washington was 91 and Michigan was 97. We've got the national championship game for you Monday night here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I guess this time next year will be pretty much all the way through a 12-team playoff, which is going to be just quite interesting. Eric, it's so funny. We had so many boring national semifinals. Now we're going to the 12-team playoff, and we've had four consecutive thrillers in the national semifinals. I'm not sure these first-round games, all of them are going to be great. The group of five entry, I'm getting less excited about. I mean, Liberty got hammered by Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. So it's going to be different next year. Hopefully the drama is the same. Do you feel like the regular season is going to be diminished at all by going to 
a 12-team playoff? No, I think it'll be enhanced. I, I think um, you have a little bit more margin for error, but there are going to be, with as many at-large spots as there are, there's going to be so many teams competing for those spots. And I, I think it's going to be awesome. Now, will it diminish the Pop-Tarts Bowl? No, not with that mascot, but every other bowl that's not involved in the playoff, I think it will. The Pop-Tarts Bowl is what a wonderful concept. No question. Yeah, I mean, they did it. I mean, they did it right. Everybody was talking about that game, and justifiably so. And, and quite honestly, Darren, the Sun Bowl put on a great Sounds production, like and um, and I think it's where Notre Dame needed to be, and and it ended up being a great experience for them too. But that's that's a problem that's going to have to be addressed: is how to get players to be interested in participating in those games moving forward, and that may involve compensation. I don't know Ross Dellinger had a story on that for Yahoo Sports today that was pretty interesting. I wish there was a way to hold the NIL money until the season was over. But I'm sure you can't do that. <laughs> but that would solve part of the problem. People would play if if they knew that their money wasn't going to come until they completed well, their so-called contract for the season. And it's not just opt-outs for NFL draft and even marginal prospects. It's that the transfer portal window is right there. So, I mean – Kids want to take their visits and get enrolled in the time for spring semester. So I still think that's problematic, even if you get the other guys, you know, if you incentivize like a Maris Leifau or somebody like that to play, uh, Blake Fisher or somebody like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really, really difficult to get – it was just such a opt-out year yeah. this year. And then with the 12-team playoff, it's going to make the disparity between the playoff and the bowls even larger because you don't have that kind of New Year's Six kind right. of level. And then there's Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton opting out for the NFL draft when he's not even considered a draftable prospect. So <laughs> there's an individual that might have got some bad advice. But still, Tennessee routed Iowa. All you have to do is score three points to beat Iowa. They should have... <laughs> They yeah, should have exactly. carried Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator for Iowa, who got fired off the field because it's really hard to go back-to-back -back games and get shut out <laughs> to end your career. Oh, I, I think <laughs> what Phil Parker did with their defense was outstanding, yeah. and he's been outstanding year after year. But what Iowa's offense was, there's no way that team should have been ranked in the top 25. And I didn't rank them. Now, I only had to rank the top 16, so it was easy for yeah. me to – Ignore them, but I'd make a top 25 even though I rank 16. I don't see where the committee ever who, – who did Iowa score a point against that was a good team? Michigan, Penn State, Tennessee? They didn't score against any of those, did they? No. They didn't have Cade McNamara most of the year with an injury. That hurts the quarterback position. But okay. it wasn't like they were tearing it up before that. They weren't tearing it up before that. And guess what? Other teams had to play their second-string quarterback. Yeah. It's not, not like Duke went winless when they were playing their third-string quarterback. <laughs> Noah Fafita ended up being the best second-string quarterback in the history of the world for Arizona. He was better than the number one guy. Mm. So 
but Iowa was awful. And what Tennessee did to them allowed Notre Dame to move up a spot in what will be the final total defense rankings. They will be fifth instead of sixth. <laughs> Pretty doggone good. And how many times have they finished in the top five since Arrow retired? Nine times. No. Nine times. No. no. Twice. Oh. And this is the second time. I 1980 thought... and this really? year. Yes. Wow. I thought you were setting me up for the soundbite. <laughs> you had that look in your eye like, hit the button, hit the button. All right. That's still awfully impressive. And hopefully that defensive coordinator is still around these parts come the spring. But we all know after this weekend, the NFL head coaching firing begins. Coaches lose their jobs. New staffs are formed. And that's when you have to worry that some NFL team will try to grab Al Golden from the Fighting Irish. I'm all in in a political year, the Golden Denbrock 24 t-shirts. That's my ticket, Eric, for 2024 because it is hard to beat the experience and the success of those two coordinators. You can put those two up against anybody in the country, in my opinion. Or is it Denbrock Golden? Does it matter? I think uh... – you know, we have talked about during the year that Notre Dame deserves and should hire and retain coordinators that are in the top 10 to 12. I think sometimes with a position coach, you can take advantage or you can take somebody that is on their way up as ascending and has not arrived as a top 10 to 12 person that you know is a good recruiter and is going to get there and has the guidance of a coordinator. Notre Dame can definitely say that now. I mean, you could say, I think you could say top five yeah. with both of them. Well, today our old friend Brian Kelly fired his defensive staff, including Kerry Cooks, former yeah. Notre Dame coach, fired the defensive coordinator. But guess who's still on the staff? The interim special teams coach, Bob Diaco. He wouldn't go back to Bob, would he, as D.C.? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, I think those guys have a really good relationship. I remember – talking to Brian Kelly it was either it was either the summer before Van Gorder's first season or the summer between his first and second season and we talked about Brian Van Gorder's style and Brian Kelly said had Bob Diaco stayed at Notre Dame instead of taking the UConn head coaching job he would have had to adjust his style that mm that that was kind of about the last year that that kind of defense was going to be able to be effective because football was evolving. Interesting. Yeah. Let me get to a couple of openers. Notre Dame basketball hosting NC State tonight. Hear the game on WSBT Radio at 9 o'clock, pregame at 8.30. The hour's coming up a 22-point victory over Virginia over the weekend. Did that game change your expectations, alter your thoughts on this team? It altered my thoughts about Citadel being a Final Four team. <laughs> no, I mean, I think the over-under on Notre Dame winning ACC games is probably, um, you know, the people on the beat talk about five being the over-under. And I think that's still kind of realistic. I think what Notre Dame did against Virginia was fantastic, but I think it's going to be difficult to be that consistent with this young of a team. But, wow, what a performance. 
again, I want to see Virginia play Citadel now. That's right. <laughs> I had Micah Shrewsbury, the Irish head coach, on the program last night. If you missed the conversation, it is available at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app. Irish, NC State, Wolfpack is a five-point favorite on the road. We'll pick that game in our Sizzler segment at the end of the program. By the way, went 3-1 and one last night, so we're off to a 4-2 start in 2024. So picks are coming up in just a little bit. Irish women's basketball news. Eric freshman guard Emma Risch is done for the season. She'll have hip surgery on Thursday. She played in seven games, four points and three rebounds. Is this a significant loss? It is when you talk about tournament time and big games because the Notre Dame coaching staff, it's their opinion that she is the best three-point shooter since Alicia retired to be in the program. And you have to go back a long time to find out when Alicia retired played. It was a couple decades ago. And so she gives them something that they don't have with the lineup they're putting on the floor currently. Hannah can shoot threes. Certainly, if and when they get Olivia Miles back, she can. Sonia Citron is fantastic at it. There's encouragement that she could be back soon, but it's very shrouded in hypotheticals. and um, The thoughts are vague yes, from the very, program. Very vague, but but – Niel seemed to be encouraged. I went over for a little press conference today, and and little by meaning there weren't a lot of us, and there wasn't a lot of information, but other than Emma's season-ending injury. So, yeah, it does hurt them. She's a good rebounder, and she's a decent defender, uh, but they can win a lot of games without her. They would rather win games with her. Syracuse, is that a big upset when they lost to them over the weekend? Or no, no, a uh, capable team? I mean, Syracuse is ranked now. They had only lost one game that was by two to Maryland on the road, a ranked Maryland team. So, I mean, they've got size. Daisha Fair, there's only one player in college basketball that that's active that has more points than her, and that's Caitlin Clark at Iowa. That shows you how good of a scorer she is. She's the one that took over the game at the end. Uh, had Notre Dame had, let's say, Cass Prosper to defend, Against her, that might have been a different ending. And and Notre Dame didn't play very well. But Notre Dame's the better of those two teams. They're still ranked above Syracuse. But um, Syracuse is capable. They'll get another shot at each other toward the end of this month. All right. 521 at WSBT. Eric Hansen from InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. We'll take a timeout. We'll get to our hat trick of opening topics. We have not had the chance to talk to Eric on air about his thoughts of Notre Dame's easy victory over Oregon State at the Sun Bowl, 40-8. to We'll do that next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here come the Irish. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Now Leonard, down the sideline. Leonard's got great wheels. Riley Leonard inside the 20. On Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Leonard has to scramble. And on that ankle, just grits his teeth. Look at this run. Leonard gets the pass off. He's got Calhoun. Wow. No way. From Sports Radio 960 AM, WSPT. Side run for Leonard. And he's able to break a tackle. They get the first down and more. Leonard inside the 20. Stiff arms and a fender inside the 5. And into the end zone. It's a touchdown. Leonard keeps. 
this time. It's like he has butter on his jersey. Don't give the butter folks an idea to do a bowl game and you throw butter on all the players. That would make the game more exciting, that's for sure. 526, we welcome you back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. By South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. And by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. I'm Darren Pritchett. He's Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com, covering Notre Dame athletics as part of the Rivals Network. We've got some hat trick of opening topics to get to in this particular segment, and we go back to Friday's Sun Bowl down in El Paso, Texas, where Marcus Freeman's Fighting Irish really got rolling in the second half and put away Oregon State 40-8. to The only points for Oregon State against the number two defense as the Irish defense gave up two rushing yards, two in the ballgame. But I want to talk offense first, Eric. What did you learn about quarterback Steve Angeli from his first collegiate start? That all the little snippets of that we've seen at the end of the game where they weren't high leverage situations translated to high leverage situations. <clears throat> and a guy that really took advantage of his opportunity, including the way he ran the football. There were some planned quarterback runs when he needed to pick up a first down, he was fearless. I just like everything about what Steve Angeli did in that game. I really did. He looked very calm, under control, wasn't phased by the moment. I loved him lowering his shoulder on that run, running yeah. over that Oregon State defensive back. Now, if you're the full-time starter, you probably don't do that. But you don't get to play much. You're trying to put together a nice tape. That looks pretty good. And it's the last tape. game of the season. And it's the last game of the season. And I thought Steve looked the part. He ran the ball a little better than I thought he was going to. But very accurate. Impressed with what he did. Hey, Oregon State, their defensive line was intact. Right. So it wasn't like they were facing chop liver with opt-outs. That right. defensive line was in place, which probably plays into our next question, yeah. which is what should we take away from the offensive line performance against Oregon State? I would say encouragement. Um, Charles Jagazot, again, pro football focus grades are just one evaluated uh, evaluative tool. But Charles Jagazot graded out the highest of Notre Dame's linemen in that game. And really, you think about it, they gave up a couple of sacks, uh, but they helped pave the way for 236 yards rushing. And that's the second most Notre Dame had all season. That Stanford mm. was the most. And then this game, the second most against the team 
that was the best run defense team on Notre Dame's schedule. Again, they didn't have all their pieces, but they had six of their front seven. Uh, so a lot of their run best run defense players were on the team. And the other thing is, you know, Ashton Craig and Billy Shrouth ended up outperforming, and again, PFF grades, outperforming the players they replaced, Zeke Correll and Rocco Spindler. And they are hmm. going to be competing for starting spots next year. Really, the lowest rated um, offensive lineman in that game was the guy that had started all year, was Pat Coogan, which is is interesting. But I think the most encouraging thing about the offensive line, Darren, is that Mike Denbrock now will be collaborating with Joe Rudolph. And I think it'll be really interesting to see what the offensive line development looks like with Mike Denbrock being involved with that. Well said. I want to go back to the quarterback position for a second because this was brought up to me, and I want to get some clarification. And this is just hypothetical, Eric. This is not predicting the future. This is a hypothetical as we all try to understand the transfer portal and everything now going on in college football. Let me stress again. Hypothetically, it was asked if there is a quarterback competition this spring, and again, hypothetically, Steve Angeli wins the job, could Riley Leonard go back to the portal? It depends on what the NCAA wants to do with um, spring transfers. So, okay. so why I say this is because there was a court case, I believe it was in West Virginia, that affected – Everybody for spring sports and for the football guys that went in this portal cycle that closed last night at midnight. So anybody that was in the portal by midnight, they can transfer a second time without penalty, without having to sit out. That has not yet been applied to the spring window. And so Riley Leonard will not have a degree from anybody then, so he couldn't technically do that without sitting out or getting a lawyer or hoping that the NCAA extends that. As it sits right now, he can't. Which is different from Sam Hartman, who who could could have. Yes. Okay, that's the difference, the degree. Right. Okay. Being a grad transfer. Because I remember you talked recently about your conversation you had last summer with Sam, and as I think he said, he decided to stick it out, which means he could have. Right. Went to the portal. Riley does not have a degree, so he's in a different spot. Okay. Right. I'm glad I asked. Hopefully that helps a lot of football fans out there. All so, right. So let me give you a different yeah. example. So Drew Pine left Arizona State and said, uh, I'm going to go back to Notre Dame and get my degree. And he really couldn't have transferred somewhere else and played football. Same with Tyler Buckner. Both of them were kind of in the same boat because they're not but now because of that court ruling they could both change their mind now I don't think certainly Tyler Buckner's not going to he's committed to playing lacrosse this spring for Notre Dame but Drew Pine could before he enrolls in two weeks if he found somewhere else that he really wanted to go he could jump and go somewhere else this spring okay Eric Hansen publisher and editor in uh, InsideIndieSports.com, I'm Darren Pritchett. Since we're talking about the portal, I know you had a story up early on yesterday about 
a Northwestern defensive back visiting Notre Dame, and that is Rod Hurd, who had 82 tackles last year. Honorable mention, all Big Ten on one of the surprise teams in the country, the Northwestern Wildcats. I guess we should always follow the visit, which means Notre Dame must be in the running for a guy that had a pretty good season for Northwestern. And, Eric, even though the Irish have some young safeties that they like, I know I asked you last week, did you think the Irish would go to the portal for a safety? You said yes, and it seems like that's what they're trying to do right here. They are, and and somebody asked me about a couple of other safeties. Alakai Gilman from Stanford, who would be a grad transfer. That's Alohi Gilman's younger brother. Hmm. Uh, Dea McCullough, who's Dylan McCullough's number three son in the birth order. Um, he just finished his freshman year at Oklahoma. He's in the portal. They're both safeties. I, I believe that um, Rod Hurd second is their number one priority. I haven't really done reporting on any mutual interest with the other two at this point. But, okay. Um, he played corner and nickel for uh, Northwestern during his career. He does have safety kind of numbers. I mean, you don't see tackles like that for a cornerback unless they're really involved in the run game or they're getting beat all the time and tackling the guy down the field. And that wasn't the case with him. His pro football focus grade was the second best on their team, uh, 81.9, which would rank pretty high on Notre Dame's team. Uh, and given they played some decent teams. I mean, they didn't play the schedule that some of the teams in the East Division of the Big Ten played, but they played some decent teams, and I think he'd be a really good pickup for Notre Dame. And, of course, the Irish got good news after the Sun Bowl. Xavier Watts elected to return to the Irish for 2024. It, it felt like the lean was he was coming back, and then we got the video from the Wild Wild West, from Xavier saying that he was coming back to South Bend. So whomever the other Irish safety is, he is paired with an All-American who had just a spectacular 2023 campaign. I wonder, is there not an NFL market for Xavier Watts? Does he just want to come back? Whatever the case may be. I mean, you think about Eric. They got Crossback. They got Mills. Kaiser and Watts, Al Gold and Marcus Freeman kind of hit the jackpot this offseason. Well, he's a very, very grounded young man, and we had a chance to do a Zoom with him after he won the Bednar, or I mean, sorry, the Bronco Nagurski trophy. And, you know, his dad is paralyzed. Yeah. And he thinks beyond football, he's like, okay, what's going to set me up for life after football? And he's got a chance to get his master's degree this spring. Um, he also thinks that he is not a finished product as a college safety. He's only really started one year. He was a rotational guy before that. He was a wide receiver before that. So he feels like the longevity for his NFL career will be better if he's a more complete college safety coming out. He'll be able to get um, a higher draft position, have better security, and be able to survive in the NFL better. He didn't want to just cash in on his accolades and he said, you know, I've got, I've got, I got to get better. And, you know, he's not Kyle Hamilton's size, so he does need to 
continue to round out his game. And I think that was an incredibly mature approach. And Notre Dame is lucky to have him coming back because that safety room just got a huge upgrade. There's nothing like him in the portal. Should we start pounding the table that he should be South Bend's version of Travis Hunter? Defensive back, wide receiver? (laughs) Should we start the campaign? I think if there was a, a senior day blowout game and he had a chance to catch a pass. That would be kind of fun, like when Tommy Zibikowski played quarterback <laughs> for a series. <laughs> Heard the stories of Tommy letting one go in practice and went about 70 yards down the field. And that was the end of Tommy throwing in practice, I think. <laughs> a little too impressive. All right, Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchett with you, 539 at WSBT. I want to talk about what we saw in the national semifinals on New Year's Day. Michigan. Rallied late in regulation to force overtime against Alabama out in Pasadena and then won the game in overtime 27-20. By the way, Alabama center Seth McLaughlin, who had a tough day snapping the ball, that was an issue all year. He went to the portal today. Yeah, Not sure if he was escorted or not, but (laughs) unfortunately he's going to the portal. First off, I'll say it again. I'm sure a lot of teams across the country do things that are not by the book. Michigan was caught, allegedly caught, whatever you want to say. Okay. You know what? They're a really, really good football team that doesn't need that garbage. Right. This is an outstanding football team. The defense is rock solid. The pass rush was a difference maker of the first half against the Crimson Tide. They've got a great offensive line and running game. The passing game is a nice piece to go along with an outstanding rushing attack. This is a heck of a football team. And if they win the national championship, I'm sure a lot of people want to put an asterisk by this, and I'm not going to get into an argument about that. All I know is what they did is probably going to take away from a very special football team not getting its full due if they win the title. I would agree with you. It's a shame because they're a heck of a football team. And your Washington Huskies, who you have backed all year long, you've had them number one. Not rooting for them, but admiring them, yes. I mean, how long have you had them number one in your poll? Probably since the end of September was when I – Got infatuated with them. <laughs> and in your Super 16 poll, how many people were voting Washington number one throughout the year? Oh, no. Just you. Yeah, I didn't point to you to do the nine times. No, no, no. <laughs> so the guy who broke the Nike, Mike Denbrock to Notre Dame story is the one that was voting Washington number one all they by haven't, himself. They haven't won anything yet. They've just won a semifinal, and that was because of the injury to um, the running back. Robinson? I think it was Johnson. Johnson. I know it was a common name. Um, It got dicey there at the end. That injury stopped the clock. Yeah, it stopped the clock. Incredible. That was crazy. But the chemistry between Penix and his wide receivers, no one does it better in college football. In fact, in recent history, I'm not sure anyone has done it that good. Mike Varell had a tweet, and I think you also retweeted it. Oh, my goodness, yes. 20 targets, 19 catches among those receivers. I think 353 yards and multiple touchdowns. I mean, I was watching their passing game, and those weren't 
easy catches. These guys weren't wide open. They were contested catches and difficult throws. And I'm like, wow, that's what a passing game is supposed to look like. We both pick Washington to win this game, and I'm really surprised Texas was the favorite. I think people got infatuated with Texas winning at Alabama earlier in the year and got infatuated with that defensive line, but everybody forgot the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line from this year, the Washington Huskies, and they held up pretty well, I thought, in that particular ball game. It's a fun team to watch. It's a fun offense, and I'll say this about the defense. Statistically, they're not going to look that great at the end of the year, but when the game is on the line, ask Oregon, ask Texas, they yeah. always seem to come up with the big play to shut the door. Yeah, they did not They did not have the – I mean, they would love to rent Notre Dame's defense for the championship game. <laughs> but, but they do make big plays. I mean, Braylon Trice, how many times did we hear his name of big plays that that guy was making? That was – I mean, they're a fun team to watch, and also, I think if you're a Husky fan, a nerve-wracking team to watch because they play a lot of close games, but they win them. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook has Michigan as a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington, and the total points in the game right now is 55-and-a-half. So they're expecting maybe a 30-to-26 type ball game down in Houston. I hope Washington wins because of all the injuries Penix went through. I think it'd be a pretty cool story. And he beat Michigan as Indiana's quarterback. Whose quarterback? Indiana. <laughs> the Indiana Ball Club misses Michael Penix. <laughs> Let's go to Joe Smith for an update. In women swimming. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking forward to it. And the 12-team playoff, again, it's going to be fascinating. I think the selection show is going to be fascinating as who's going to get the home games and who got ripped off and who has to come to South Bend in the 20-degree weather. It's going to be some fun storylines, to say yeah, the least. No, if people remember, unless they change the format dramatically, Notre Dame cannot get a bye. The highest seed they can get is fifth, but – they would host, you know, be if they're anywhere between one and eight then in the rankings, they would be fifth through eighth. They would host a first-round game in the middle of December. And unless there's some extreme weather, that's going to be icky for the visiting team. Bring out Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin in the snow. <laughs> they might be getting a bye next year. They could be really, really good. They were really good. I'll be interested to see how good their defense is, but offensively, boy, there's nothing wrong with that team. I'm just looking. I picked a random date. Uh, let's see. December 15th, 2023 in South Bend. It was 52 degrees. That's see? too warm. That's too, too warm, warm for the SEC. <laughs> That's right. Although we had snow on Halloween, so you never know what you're going to get in South Bend. My grandkids were trick-or-treating in the snow. It was 39 degrees on Halloween, 47 on Thanksgiving, and 50-something on Christmas Day. I asked my granddaughter, I go, what are you dressed up as? And she goes, some character from Fortnite. And I said, you look like a little girl in a coat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
All right. I tell you what, we'll save a score prediction for Michigan-Washington for tomorrow's program when you're back. Okay. okay. Fair enough. That sounds good. And I also have a very important question for you tomorrow. I'll tease it right now. I'm asking anybody that's on the program over the next week or so. So I'll give you 24 hours to ponder, even though you don't need 24 hours. Okay. I asked Allison Hayes this question last night. What season was more impressive for Marcus Freeman? 2022, going 9-4 and four with Buckner and Pine as the quarterback. Or the Irish this year going 10-3 and three with Hartman? What's more impressive? Better is 10-3, and three, but... Which is more impressive? You mean the whole body of work, yes. including the defense, too, and the special teams. Throw it all in there, but I'm just highlighting okay. A, okay. the quarterback position. Yeah. Okay. In 2022, you have two non-Power 5 starting quarterbacks helping you to win nine, and a record-breaking quarterback help you win ten, even though you he had, wasn't there for the had, tenth one. You also had different offensive coordinators. That's maybe makes it more impressive to go ten and three. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. You know, we're going to turn Denbrock into the cure-all that when people always... I have not. I know, I know. I think it's going to be a significant upgrade. But, you know, when you talk to a Notre Dame fan and there's a problem with Notre Dame not winning something or disappointing, hey, they need to join a conference. You know, that's that's the cure-all. They need to join a conference. Um, they, they, don't, they don't have money for the facilities. They need to join a conference. Mike Denbrock's going to make a major difference, but Riley Leonard has to be a more consistent throw of the football. The wide receivers have to mesh with him that are coming in, and let's make sure the tackle spots are okay. If all that's good, let's roll. And and that's what happens with good portal quarterbacks. They don't come in finished products. They get exactly. better at their new um, school, and we talked about it with the three Heisman finals, all dramatically better than they were at Arizona State and Indiana and Auburn. Where? Indiana and Auburn. And I was impressed that Bo Nix played in the Fiesta Bowl. He wanted to play. That yeah. was cool. That was very cool. And who did he beat? Liberty, 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 Liberty. Liberty. <laughs> we need to take a break. Twitter question of the day is coming up next on WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Along with the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com, Eric Hansen, I'm Darren Pritchett. Quick shout out to a great Twitter follower and listener to the program down in Texas. Fat Irishman 69 shouted out to us on Twitter, so we want to say hello to him really quick. He's a loyal guy. He is a loyal guy. Yes, he he retweets a lot of our stuff and your stuff. Yes, indeed. So, hope things are great deep in the heart of Texas on this Wednesday in the National Championship game of college football coming to Houston on Monday. All right, Twitter question of the day or Twitter X question of the day. We kind of call it the sportsbeat slash insideindiesports.com Twitter question of the day. Eric, kind enough to retweet these questions. I had a Monday-Tuesday question. During the Notre Dame offseason, the quarterback position should, and you get to fill in the blank. Here were your three choices. Number one, the quarterback position should belong to Riley Leonard, the Duke transfer. 
Choice number two, the quarterback position should belong to current Irish backup, Steve Angeli, or the current starter for the Sun Bowl, however you want to look at it. The third choice, the quarterback position should feature a true quarterback competition, not something just a coach says to appease everyone, a true competition. Before I give the results, how do you handle this question, Eric? I say it needs to be a competition because the team needs to see on the field who the best quarterback is. And if Riley Leonard is as good as you think he is, he will win the competition. If he's not, the best player should play. So don't whether hand that's, him the job. Yeah, don't hand him the job. Nobody should be handed the job. I mean, I think there's a presumption that they think he's going to be the number one guy and they're pretty sure of it. But you need to let those things play out on the field. You don't hand a job to anybody. I am 100% in agreement with you. And not all staged competitions are really competitions. And I'll give you one for instance. In 2011, uh, going into 2012, so the spring of 2012, it was supposed to be a four-way competition between Andrew Hendricks, Everett Golson, Tommy Reese, and somebody else. And Andrew Hendricks said every time the media was in, all four of them got equal reps. <laughs> and the media wasn't there. It was all Everett Golson. It was Golson's job from the beginning. The games people play. Here are the results of our Twitter X question. 4.3% said the quarterback position should belong to Steve Angeli. 31.4% said, you think it's Leonard or quarterback competition second? I think it's quarterback competition second. Second in the voting, 31.4%, Riley Leonard. Wow. 64.4% believe there should be a true quarterback oh, competition. Then, then we have people that are on top of things. I agree. I think that's the only way to go in this spot. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't think it was going to turn out this way. But I'm kind of well, glad it did. Well, I mean, here, here's a couple things to think about. One is, until this year, the game that Ron Paulus had when he debuted as a quarterback, this is the Ron Paulus that's now an associate athletic yep. director, was the highest pass efficiency for a game in a starting debut by a Notre Dame quarterback in the last 50 years. Um, against Navy, Sam Hartman broke that record. He edged it out by about a point and a half. And then Steve Angeli beat Sam Hartman by a point and a half. But you can't base it on just one game. Although Steve Angeli, that should, what he did should matter. But yeah. Sam Hartman was over 200 for his first four games. He would have won the Pass Efficiency Championship this year and not Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. But he didn't stay up there. Teams learned how to attack Notre Dame's offense. And he dropped, he still finished 15th, which is still pretty good. But it's yeah. a far cry from those 200, so can't base it all on one game. But what Steve Angeli did was not insignificant. It it should matter, but yeah. put him in the competition and put C.J. Carr and Kenny Minchie in there too because 
Someday those guys are going to be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) Thank you for voting in yesterday's question. Here is today's question. Of these Notre Dame players, who surprised you the most in 2023? You can choose from defensive end Javante Jean-Baptiste, offensive lineman Ashton Craig, wide receiver Jordan Faison, tight end Mitchell Evans. We'll have the results on tomorrow's program. You can vote on my Twitter X account at... 960 Sports Beat. Now let's find out what's coming up on the web pages of insideindsports.com where Eric is the publisher and the editor. That's different from the old days of the newspaper. You turn the pages, now you turn the web pages, right? You do okay. click on the web pages. Okay. And we have our chat transcript, which is our big, biggest um, page view getter typically from week to week and really great questions today. I would encourage you to read it. It went three and a half hours today and then I had to cut it off because I needed to come here for radio and get ready for that. (laughs) Um, We have a recruiting story by Charleston about how Notre Dame's building its defensive line class for 2025. Tyler has heat index about a 2024 recruit that's still in play for Notre Dame. He reclassified from 2025. We had our football never sleep show last night. And of course, there's much, much more. So just root around and find what you like and lots of great Notre Dame. We are your sports section for Notre Dame sports. I like it. That's inside. And we're cutting edge too. <laughs> inside IndieSports.com. Eric, thank you. We'll do it again tomorrow. Sounds great. Thank you. Six o'clock at WSBT South Bend. Notre Dame hockey player Trevor Janicki joins me live in a little bit here on WSBT. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouthwatering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 